0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A song in the shadow of Everest brings to life the untold and inspiring story of Pasang Lamu Sherpa, the first Nepali woman to summit Mount Everest, who in her quest, awakened her country to the entrenched inequities confronted and endured by women in Nepal. As an uneducated indigenous woman and a Buddhist in a Hindu kingdom, Pasang streamed to scale the legendary mountain pitcher against her family, foreign climbers, her own government and nature itself. The film again is called Pasang, in the shadow of Everest. And we're joined today by the director, Nancy Svenson. Nancy, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you so much. So happy thank to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad. Uh, I love stories like this. I mean, I did not know anything about her before I saw the film. And as I mentioned in the introduction, there's just so much more, not only to her own personal story, but there's a bigger picture here to be taken in and to be appreciated. Tell me a little bit about how you got to know her and what inspired you to move forward with a documentary about her?
1: Well, I have this unique connection to Pasang through my brother-in-law. So my sister uh, is married to Ang Dorji Sherpa. He is a Sherpa. They live here in Northern California. And soon after they got married, I remember being out for dinner with them and Dorji telling me the story of his sister, which. Immediately kind of blew me away. It was this incredible story that I realized uh, after he had, you know. told me about it, that she's very well known in Nepal. There's, she's a, a national hero in Nepal. She has a life-size statue. She's on a postage stamp. There's a road named after her, schools, hospitals, all that stuff, mountain. But outside of Nepal, nobody's ever told her story. And so as Georgie was telling me this, it, I really, truly felt this connection to this woman who had this audacious dream and had so many things stacked against her. So through the family, through Dorji, through her children, Dawa, I've been given uh, incredible access to what was available about her. Although I will admit there was considerable um, information, both archival footage, pictures, old home movies that I had to go find for myself.
0: Thank you for bringing that up because it is a wonderful part of the film. A wonderful viewing experience to be able to see so much additional footage. Because oftentimes I can't imagine carrying a camera around Mount Everest and documenting what was going on. So the fact that that, that kind of thing even exists, but also the other footage that we see in the film is uh, illuminating and it helps gives us some context to her life and to herself just curious in terms of trying to track down this information given her stature within Nepal um when you were talking to people about finding some stuff what was their reaction to to your to your journey and in, in putting this together
1: people have been incredibly helpful and as you can imagine over 10 years it's really been kind of like peeling back the onion a bit to uh, you know I, I follow one lead and go have lunch with somebody and they say, oh yeah, I do have some pictures of us, but you should really talk to so-and-so. And I, and I found so much of that in my uh, trips to Nepal, also in my trips to France, because she had the, there's this whole French piece of the story where she went to Chamonix and learned to ice climb and climbed to climbed Mont Blanc. And there are these climbers there who knew her and loved her. And, and they also were incredibly helpful. So, but because she was very poor, growing up in a, in a village without any electricity up in the, the mountains in the Himalayas, uh, there are virtually no pictures of her as a child no home movies, no anything. And so um, that was super challenging. And and in terms of her coverage on Everest, again, I mean, she attempted three times and then she succeeded on her fourth time, but they didn't have the funds for professional photographers or any of that. These, they were poor people and they were mounting, you know, these very expensive expeditions uh, with their own money, right? They had a few sponsors, but it was definitely challenging to get material. But people were super helpful.
0: I want to step away from her story, her personal story for just a minute, because there are a couple of things I want to explore. And that is Nepal, which for most Americans, we're so myopic that we barely know where Alaska is in in (laughs) terms of our understanding of the world. And so let's talk about Nepal during this period of time, as is often the case, countries going through kind of a, a spasm of democracy and of the ramifications of what happens during that period of time. And also uh, just to kind of uh, give context to to her place in, in all of that. But let's talk a little bit about Nepal and a little bit about the politics and some of the history as well, if you.
1: It's super interesting time. She was an extraordinarily interesting and charismatic woman. But when you you add the context of what was happening in the country historically, the the political situation, and then there's also the politics on the mountain, which which is this whole post-colonial legacy of entitled international climbers sort of taking advantage of cheap labor with the Sherpa. Uh, Sherpas as as a workforce, and this is going back, you know, decades. But
0: so so we're talking. Just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but so we're talking about the 19 late 1970s, 1980s. Is that the kind of time frame we were looking? Or the
1: 80s and the early 90s. Early 90s. Oh yeah, Basang was born in 1961. So, you know, she came to age in the in the 80s, and 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 then her climbs. Her first climb was in 1990, and her last climb was in 1993. So. Nepal at the time uh, was was really in turmoil so they had the this uprising um called the Jana Andolan in 1990 which was a quest for you know democracy it was being ruled by uh, a king a hindu it was a hindu kingdom really all of the minorities the sherpa are uh, an ethnic group it's it's surprising how many people don't realize that in fact uh, sherpas are an ethnic group that has the, the term has become synonymous with the job they've done on Everest. but i'm always surprised that i guess not surprised that lots of people don't know that but sherpas are buddhist and you know 90 percent of nepal is hindu and the hindu caste system is very much in effect and certainly back in the late 80s and 90s um to be a Sherpa and to be a Sherpa woman. She wasn't even within the caste system as Buddhists, they were outcasts is where the term comes from, outside of the caste system with virtually no rights at all. I think when she started, though, she was a little bit oblivious to that. I mean, it was really a personal quest. As a young girl, she grew up in the shadow of Everest, truly, and had this dream. Her brothers climbed, her dad climbed. They were all guides, uh, you know, working on foreign expeditions, and she thought, "Why not me too?" And and she really always had that attitude. But as she progressed, and as she became more sophisticated, as she saw more of the world, she you know ran away from an arranged marriage, ran away to Kathmandu and i think the politics in the capital it would have been impossible for her to ignore what was happening because there was after the uprising in 90 then there was there was just political unrest all the way through and i think that people who watched her and she began to gain some recognition in nepal um, really saw her as somebody who had the guts to do something that other Nepali women or other certainly ethnic women um, certainly didn't have the courage to do. So she became, you know, somebody that they were looking to, and, and there were a lot of hopes and dreams—her own hopes and dreams, but hopes and dreams of of the women in Nepal tied up in her final climb.
0: That's a really wonderful part of the film to see, as she begins to become better known, and then as she attempts you know these multiple attempts to conquer everest mount everest and you can see the reaction without going too far into this story because i want people to experience this on their own but the reaction to what she does is remarkable and and very it's a beautiful part of the film and i wanted to remind our listeners that we're speaking with nancy Svensson. she is the director of the documentary film pasong in the shadow of everest there's another great part of the film and it really illuminates Pasang's story is that a lot of family members who are in the film talking about their mom, their sister, their daughter, whatever it might be was there any resistance to uh, in terms of the family did they how did they embrace or 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 did you have to overcome some some reticence on their part to be participants in this
1: I would say, no, no, everyone has helped me. People have been amazingly cooperative and supportive uh, in terms of, you know, offering up whatever material they had in terms of pictures or um, video. There wasn't a whole lot. Um, I would say that, that, that one of the real most beautiful connections that I have made in the course of this film is with Pasang's daughter, Dawa. Yeah. And when I met Dawa, Dawa was 12 when her mom died. And when I met Dawa, um, she told me, cause I, I told her what I wanted to do. And she said, well, you know, I've never really talked publicly about my mom and we, it's just not something we did. That's not how we, you know, that's not how we process grief. We didn't talk about it. And she was very, closed off about, you know, her emotions around that. And so it did really take me, I don't know, several years to build that trust with Dalla. and to, and, and so when you see in the film, the interview, um, it it actually takes place in my living room. She flew to California and, and she talked for the first time on camera about what it was to lose her mom, what that meant. And she, it was so incredibly emotional. I mean, it just, it just, just tears flowed. It was such an emotional experience. And then I watched over the years of re-interviewing her. I interviewed her in New York City where she was uh, attending graduate school at NYU. I interviewed her in Nepal. You know, we've been in very close touch over the years and watch how she's processed her her mom's death over the course of these years.
0: There's a family legacy that. Pasang has left and you in Dalwa is certainly a part of that legacy we as we see in the film and not only that but also as, as I think keep coming back to this kind of the importance of the bigger picture in terms of Pasang and Nepal and the recognition of women and you know it's always going to be an uphill struggle i hope that it it doesn't uh have to be that way f- forever but an, undoubtedly with in countries with these long traditions of not treating women with the uh, respect that they deserve. But uh, but it's it just, I'm kind of curious about that, as we see in the film, it seems that she has received a level of recognition and respect that may be unprecedented in that country for a woman.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, there, there are two contemporary heroes in Nepal, there's Tenzing Norgay, who summited Everest with Sir Edmund Hillary in 1953, and there's Pasang Lamu Sherpa. And I think that, I mean, at the the end of the film, we touch on this, and, and it was so important to me to not just show her life, but also to show her legacy and how that has played out among Nepali women. Dawa Yangzum Sherpa is pretty much the foremost Nepali woman climber. Uh, today. Um, She was a North Face, the face of North Face. Uh, She's, I believe now has the coveted Rolex um, sponsorship as an athlete. And, and she's just, she's amazing. Everything her mother, you know, Dawa's mother could have wanted is going to be embodied in, in, in a way. Here's Dawa, her daughter, with a master's degree as she was actually ambassador to Spain. Um, and, and here is this world-renowned woman nepali sherpa woman climber who has been given incredible recognition around the world and and i think it's just it's the power of the dream pasang had and and uh, you know among all of these nepali women climbers i talked to many of them and every single one of them said you know if it weren't for pasang it's not something that is a given in Nepali society that, you, you know, that women are empowered to do things like this, that that it really means a tremendous amount to see one of their own having done something so courageous. And yeah, she's been a real inspiration, that's for sure.
0: Congratulations on the film, Pasang, In the Shadow of Everest, and the story of Pasang, Lamu Sherpa, the first Nepali woman to summit Mount Everest, and all of the things that have been a part of that story the part of the her own story but also in the greater context uh, of the country of nepal it's a wonderful wonderful documentary and congratulations on on the film and thank you nancy svendon for your work and thank you for spending some time with us here
1: terrific thank you so much